0: THE WAR OF THE Worlds by H.G. WELLS BOOK TO THE EARTH UNDER THE MARTIANS CHAPTER NINE THE WRECKAGE And now comes the strangest thing in my story, yet perhaps is not altogether strange, I remember clearly and coldly and vividly. All that it did that day until the time I stood weeping and praising God upon the summit of Primrose Hill, and then I forgot the next three days I know nothing. I have learned since that, so far from my being the first to discover the Martian overthrow, several such wonders as myself. I already discovered this on a previous night. A man, the first, had gone to St. Martin's Le Grand, of all I sheltered in the camp man's hunt, and contrived to telegraph to Paris. thence, the joyful news had flashed all over the world of thousand cities chilled by ghastly apprehensions. Sunny flashed in the frantic illuminations. They knew of it in Dublin, Edinburgh, Manchester, Birmingham. At a time when I stood upon the verge of the pit, forty men, weaving with joy as I have heard shouting and staying their work to shake hands and shout, were making up trains. Even as near crew to descend upon London, the church bells had ceased a fortnight, fortnight since sunny caught The news until all England was bell ringing, men and cycles, lean faced and kept scorched along every country lane shouting of unhoped deliverance, shouting to gaunt, staring figures of despair, and for the food across the channel, across the Irish Sea, across the Atlantic, cornbread and meat were tearing to our relief. All the shipping in the world seemed going longward in, in those days, but all of it this I have no memory. I drifted a demented man. I found myself in a house of kindly people, who had found me on the third day, wondering, weeping and raving for the streets at St John's Wood. They have told me since that I was singing some insane doggerel about the last man left alive, hurrah, the last man left alive, arrive, Childly as they were, with their own affairs, these people whose name as much as I would like to express my gratitude to them, I may not even give here. They had cumbered themselves with me, sheltered me and protected me from myself. Apparently they had le- learned something my story from me during the days on my lap. Very gently, when my mind was assured again, did they break to me that they had learned of the fate of Leverhead. Two days after I was imprisoned, it was had been destroyed, with every soul in it by martian. He swept it out of existence, as it seemed, without any provocation, as a boy might crush on him, the mere wantonness of power. I was a lonely man, and they were very kind to me. I was a lonely man and a sad one they bore with me. I remained with them four days after my recovery. All that time I felt a vague and growing craving to look at once more on whatever remained, the little life that had seemed to so happy and bright in my past, in mere hopeless desire to feast upon my misery. They dissuaded me. They did all they could to divert me from this morbidity. But alas, I can, could resist the impulse no longer, promisingly faithfully to return to them and parting, as I will confess, from these four-day friends with tears. I went out again into the streets, but lately being so dark and empty, strange and empty. Already they were busy with returning people in places, even there were even there was shops open, I saw of drinking fat running water. I remember how mockingly bright the day seemed as I went back to my melancholy pilgrimage to the little house at Welkin. How busy the streets and vivid the moving life about me. So many people were abroad, everywhere, busied in thousand activities, that it, it seemed incredible any great proportion of the population could have been slayed. By Ellen. and then I noticed how yellow were the skins of the people I met, how shaggy the hair of the men, how large and bright their eyes. Yet every other man, still wore his dirty rags, the faces seemed all with one, of two expressions, a leaping ex- exhilaration, and the energy of a, gr- or a grim res- resolution. Save the expression of the faces, London seemed a city of tramps, Pharisees were incrimin- discriminating, distributing bread, sent us by the French government, the ribs of the few horses, so dismally. Haggard special constables, with white badges, stood at the corners of every corner. I saw little of the mischief wrought by the Martians until I reached Wellington Street, and there I saw the red weed clambering of the buttresses of Waterloo Bridge. At the corner of the bridge too, I saw one of the common contrast of grotesque time as sheet of paper flaunting against a thicket of red weed that transfixed by a stick They kept it in place. It was a placard of the first newspaper to resume publication. The Daily Mail. I brought a copy for blackened shilling. I found in my pocket. Most of it was in blank. But a solitary composer, who did the thing, had amused himself by making a grotesque scheme of advertising, advertisement stereo, on the back page. Magic printed was emotional. News organisation had not as yet found its way back. I learned nothing fresh except that already one week, examination of Martian mechanisms had yielded astonishing results. Among other things, the articles showed me what I did not know, not believe at the time. The secret of flying was discovered. At Waterloo, found the free trains were taking people to their homes. The first rush was already over. There were a few people on the train. I was in no mood for casual conversation. got a compartment to myself and sat with folded arms, looking greyly. The sunset devastation that flowed past the windows. Just outside the terminus, the train jolted over temporary rails, and on either side of the railway the houses were blackened ruins. To Chapham Junction, the face of London was grimy with powder, and the black smoke, in spite of two days of thunderstorms and rain. At Chapham Junction, the line had been wrecked again. There were hundreds of out-of-work clerks, and shopmen working side by side, were customary navies. Renav- navvies, we were jointed over, a hasting rela- hasty relaying. All down the line, from the aspect of the ca- country was gaunted and familiar. Wimbledon particularly suffered, Walton, by virtue of its unburned pine trees, seemed at least hurt. At any place along the line, the wood, the mole, every little stream was a heaped mass of red weed, Pears- between butchers' meat and pickled cabbage. cabbage. The surrey woods were too dry, however, for the foinsomes of the grid timer. Beyond Wimbledon, within sight of the line, in certain nursery-grounds, were heaped masses of earth about the sixth cylinder. lumber people was standing about it. Some sappers were busy in the midst of it. Over it flaunted a Union jack, flapping cheerfully in the morning breeze. Nursery grounds were everywhere crimson with red weed, wide expanse of livid colour, cut with purple shadows, and they were very painful to the eye. One's gaze went with infinite relief the scorched greys, the sullen reds, foreground, the blue-green softness, the eastbourne hills, eastward hills. Lying on the London side of working Station was still undergoing repair, so descended to my feet station, took the road to Maybury, Past the place where I, the interinary men, have talked to themselves, and on my by the spot where the Martian had appeared to me and a thunderstorm. Here, moved my curiosity, I turned aside to find among a tangled red wood forms, a walked and broken dog with the whitened bones of the horse scattered and gnawed. For time I stood regarding these virt- virtues. I turned through the pine wood, neck high with red weed here and there, the fine landlord spotted dog at a woody-found burial, and so came home past the cottage arms, A man standing at an open cottage door greeting me by a name as I passed. I looked at my wooden house with a quick flash of hope and faded immediately, faded immediately, had been forced, on so unfastened, fast, and was slowly, opening slowly as I approached. Standing again, the curtains of my study fluttered, out an open window from which I aimed at artillerymen, I watched the dawn, no-one had closed it since. The smashed bushes were just as I left them nearly four weeks ago. I stumbled in the hall and the house felt empty. Stalk the was ruffled and discoloured, where i crouched, soaked and the skin from the thunderstorm, and like the catastrophe, a muddy footsteps I saw still went, went up the stairs. I followed them to my study and found lying on my writing table, Still, this cino-like paper weight upon it a sheet of paper at work. I left on the afternoon of the opening of the cylinder for space. I stood reading over my abandoned arguments, a paper of probable development of moral ideas, the development of civilizing process. The last sentence was the opening of providence. Prophecy in about two hundred years i had written where you might expect. Sentence ended abruptly. I remember my ability to fix my mind, and only scarcely a month gone by, and how I'd broken off to get my daily chronicle for the newsboy. remember how I went down to the great garden gate as he came along, and how I had listened to his old story, a story of a man from Mars. Men from Mars. I came down and went into the dining room. There were mutton and bread both far gone, and a cane and a beer but I overturned, just as I and the two men had left them. My home is desolate, but see the folly the, of the, the fate hope I cherished so long. A strange thing occurred. It's no use, said a voice. House is deserted. No one has been here for these ten days. Do not stay here to torment yourself. No one escaped but you. I started, I had, a thought, I had spoken in my thought aloud. I turned, the French window was open behind me. I made a step to it and stood looking out. And ere amazed and afraid, even I stood amazed and afraid, with my cousin or wife, wife white and tearless. She gave a faint cry. I came, she said, I knew I knew she put on her hand to her throat swayed, made a step forward and caught her in my arms.